Well, God has always been merciful. Always is merciful. And always will be merciful. Everlasting mercy. Always. No beginning, no end. Because it's of God who has no beginning, no end. Amen? Amen. I want to share just a, a little bit of the concert there Wednesday night out at Allegheny County Fairgrounds. For those that aren't familiar with Allegheny County Fairgrounds, they got a big grandstand. There's a track where they'll have auto races, dirt track. And behind the track is the mountain with cliffs. Huge cliffs. It's a very beautiful, uh, picturesque place to have a concert or go to a race or whatever. But, you know, you get a lot of sound that reverberates off of that mountain. It was very loud for those that have ears that ring all the time anyway. So I wear earplugs and it was still loud. But <clears throat> the concert was very good. And the big stage set up and they had the drummers set up on these big platforms up on the stage, different levels and stuff. And the whole background behind the drummers and their platforms and all, had, it, would sh it would show like videos. And at certain videos they were showing, it would be like maybe like a waterfall or something going, coming down. And it almost, it gave the illusion that these drummers were suspended in midair. The, way, the drums and the drummers because of the, the scenery going by them. And I thought, man, that is really cool. That is neat. Well, partway, three-quarters of the way through the concert, you know, it's dark. And with the mountain there and the trees, and my wife says, someone's up on the mountain there. Look, look at the light. Someone's watching up there on the, on the mountain. And I look at it, and I'm like, yeah, it's bright light. I mean, it looked like bright lights up there. Pieces of light, you know? So they're watching the concert, and I'm looking up at that mountain, up the lights again, you know? After a few minutes, I'm looking at it, and I thought, now I can see the ground, but the trees sticking up through. And I thought, I need people. It's the moon. The moon was shining through. I said, that's the moon. No, it didn't. I'm like, yes, it is. Of course, then the moon revealed that it was indeed the moon because the light kept getting higher, see? And it started then peeking above the trees. And you know, as awesome as that scene was and them guys looking like they was in midair, but when that moon stretched up there, I said, God, now that's awesome. We can't outdo what God has done. No matter how hard we try. That is awesome. That moon rising above there, it was glorious. It was wonderful. God is an awesome God. Amen? Amen. Everlasting mercy. We're going to look at Psalms chapter 103, verses 1 through 18. Author is David, one who truly know, knew what it was to say, Lord, you can have it all. That song speaks to your heart. Lord, have it all. He knew what it was to say, Lord, have it all. Hear the word of the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the children of Israel. 
The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, praise the Lord, and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will He keep His anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward those who fear Him. His mercy is towards those, my friends, who fear Him. Not those that do not fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear Him. For He knows our frame, He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and and its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him, and His righteousness to children's children, to such as keep His covenant, and to those who remember His commandments to do them. May God add His blessings to the hearing and the reading of His holy word. You know, the Psalms are such a wonderful book to read. And you know, but when we read them, we should not try to rush through them. We shouldn't try to rush through any of the Bible when we're reading it. But the Psalms, don't try to rush through them. We should read them slowly, allowing what the psalmist says to sink in. We should meditate upon it. You know, I've been reading through the Psalms. Actually, I just finished the Psalms this past week. And... I always tend to have some note paper in my Bible that as I'm reading the Scripture, if something really speaks to my heart, yes, after all these years, something still will speak to my heart, and I'll make notes. And of course, them notes are like, this could be future sermon material. And I do. I mean, as the Lord speaks, I make notes, and that's how the the Spirit speaks to me. Well, when I finished reading Psalms 103, I just put Psalm 103, great. It is great. It is an awesome song. I love it. I love a lot of them. This is a great one. There are many that are so great. They can lift you up when you're discouraged. Because there are messages from David and the other psalmists that when they were discouraged, how the Lord lifted them up. The Lord wants to lift you up. He don't want you down all the time. There, There may be a purpose for it at times, but He wants to lift you up. He wants to encourage you when you're feeling down. The Psalms is a good source of relational guidance, if you will. If you're feeling low or or distant, read the Psalms. They did the same thing. They experienced the same thing and we can learn from them. Be encouraged. David, of course, is the author of Psalm 103. I love the way 103 begins. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. You know, we could all name the amazing blessings that God has given each one of us. Count your blessings, name them one by one, right? We need to make note of it. But the way it reads, David is commanding his soul to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Commanding. Command ourselves. Bless the Lord. So how exactly do we bless the Lord? Good question, right? I mean, we, we can name our blessings that He's blessed us with, 
How do we as His children bless Him? The Hebrew word for bless is barak. And it means to kneel before as an act of adoration. The Jewish people in the Old Testament took blessing God very seriously. Psalm 134, 1-3 says, Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. All you servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Zion. Here are some, some, some suggestions. Just, there's more ways, I'm sure, but here are some suggestions as of ways that we can bless the Lord. Tell someone about God's awesome works and ways in your life. Tell someone about God. That's going to bless Him, right? Share your admiration of God with someone. Give Him the glory. You know, we were talking... Sometimes in Sabbath school, it's like, okay, there they go. They're talking about my message. You know, we were talking about pride and how people will have some amazing gifts and talents and wonderful things. But you know, if we give God the glory, you know, we're talking about doctors. You want that doctor that is maybe a little prideful because he's nosy stuff, right? Wouldn't it be awesome though if every one of those doctors said, Yes, I've had a lot of success, but praise God for the talents and abilities He's given me. That mechanic says, yes, I've rebuilt thousands of engines because God has blessed me with that talent and that ability to do so. Give Him the glory. No matter whether it's that carpentry thing, which I enjoyed, God has given me the ability to do it. Praise Him for it. Thank Him for it. Yeah, it might not be as good as someone else's, but God's given me ability and I thank Him for it. Give Him the glory. Sing to Him. Praise Him. Tell of His wonderful acts. Spend some extra time alone with Him. That blesses God. Draw near to Him by separating yourself from all of your obligations and routines. That's a tough one. Worship Him outside of your normal quiet time or your normal Sabbath worship. Worship Him without concern for yourself, giving to Him fully. Giving to Him fully. You know, you make a date with your boyfriend or girlfriend or with your spouse, make a date with God. You want a blessing? Make a date with Him. Spend that time with Him. As I said, bless means to kneel before as an act of adoration. Bow down before Him. Psalms 95.6 says, Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Have you knelt before God recently? When we humble ourselves physically with some carpet time, my friends, that blesses God. It blesses God. Maybe you lay flat on your face before Him. I don't know. But worship Him. Adore Him. Sing Him a new song. You know, I believe that God doesn't care what your voice sounds like. Now your neighbor, your spouse, they may not like your voice, but who cares? I think God loves it when you're singing praises to Him, whether that voice is raspy or gargly or beautiful or not so beautiful. God loves it. He is blessed 
when you praise Him, when you sing a song to Him. You know, bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Bless Him with song. It pleases Him. Psalm 96.1 says, Tell everyone to sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. That does not disqualify the less musically gifted among us. Which includes me. Perhaps putting a personal prayer of praise to a familiar tune will be that new song for some of us. I don't know. But sing a song unto the Lord. Don't worry about what other people might think. Write a psalm for Him. What was good for David, who God called a man after my own heart, should be good enough for us too. Write a song to Him. Make a poem of His goodness or all that He's done for you. Chronicle the many good things that God has done so that you may be able to refer back to it. We often need refreshed, we need to refresh our memories rather of all the good things God has done. So chronicle them. You know, we make prayer lists sometimes so we don't forget. Chronicle the good things. Get a notepad. Make notes of all the good things God has done for you. Well, some might put it on a laptop, right? Some of us work on laptops. Make a note. I've, I've discovered a, the note thing on my phone not too long ago. And I make all kinds of notes on there now. I need to remember this. Instead of sending myself a text, I'll just, boom, hit the note thing. Got all kinds of notes. Remember this. Do this. Remember what God has done. Right? Humble yourself before Him. That blesses God. Psalm 51, 16 and 17 explains, For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God. You will not despise. It blesses God when we take the place of humility by our own free will. Friends, by our own free will. Let's not wait for somebody else to humble us, someone that's better than us. Let's humble ourselves of our own free will and bless God. And private praise is not enough. Psalm 151 tells us to intentionally praise Him. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty firmaments. God is pleased with corporate praise. And heaven is full of multitudes praising Him in harmony. Back to verse 1. I'm really not going to cover much more than the first couple verses in this passage. David said, And all, all that is within me, bless His holy name. Giving it your all. See, we was even kind of talking about that in Sabbath school. To give it your very best. The former college and pro basketball star, Ed McCauley, used to conduct summer basketball camps. And at these camps, he would stress the importance of giving your all. You know, like give it 110% by telling his campers, just remember that if you're not working at your game to the utmost of your ability, there will be someone out there somewhere with the equal ability that will be working to his utmost, his or her utmost ability. And one day you'll play each other and he will have the advantage over you. Right? Because he gave it his utmost. And I know that's not a spiritual example, but it's for a reason. It's to make a point. 
when you do a search for giving it your all, you're, you are, you're going to find an abundance of examples surrounding sports. Give it your all. Get out there and you're going to be the best team out there if you give it your all. Or achieving those worldly goals. You know, you've got to give it 110% if you want that business you're trying to open, operate succeed, right? You want your kids to give 110% so they can be that straight-A student and be that valedictorian or that... What's the other one? Salvedictorian, right? They have to give 110%. But you know, as we talked, you're always going to find someone a little smart, right? We are. But give God your all. If we gave the same level of importance to giving God our all as we did to our own interests or our own worldly things, wow, would that please God? Yeah. It would please God. King David knew how to give his all without concern for what others might think of him. In 2 Samuel 6, 2-16, Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed an ox and a fattened sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of trumpet, sound of the trumpet. Now as the ark of the Lord was coming into the city of David, Mahal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. My friends, he didn't care. He was worshiping the Lord. He was dancing. He was weeping and twirling before the Lord. Don't worry about what your brother or sister thinks when you praise your hands and worshiping the Lord. If you want to dance before Him, go ahead and do it. Yes, your neighbor sitting beside you might think you're half nuts. But worship the Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, with all that is within you. Now, for all that is within you, maybe just bowing your head and tears running down your face. I don't know. But let's give Him 110% when it comes to worshiping Him. Blessing Him, O oh, my soul, with all that is within me. Verse 2 said, Bless the Lord, O oh, my soul, and forget not all His benefits. The Hebrew word for forgot is shakayak, and it means to mislay something or to be oblivious of. Now isn't that something we can all relate to, right? Honey? Where'd I lay my car keys? Well, if you'd have laid them on that shelf there, every time you come in the door, you wouldn't be saying, Honey, where's my car keys? Honey, where's my phone? Well, I guess I'll have to dial it so you can find it. Honey, where's my glasses? Oh. Check up on your head, right? Misplaced or mislaid. I mean, we've all done that, right? Where did I put that tool that I used last week? Well, I was in a... 
Yeah, in the washer. It's in my pocket. I misplaced it, and I leave it in my pocket. Honey, have you seen my wrench? I'll carry a little crescent wrench all the time in my pocket. Well, sometimes it's mis left in there. Then I'm like, or my pen knife. Where's that knife? Uh, honey, did you find it in the washing machine? <laughs> yes. I was waiting for you to ask. Yeah. But we misplace things. We're oblivious as to where they are or what we've done with them. We get busy. We don't take time to put things away where they belong. Then it's like, oh, where is it? Where is it? Forget not all His benefits. Just as we often get too busy and put things, don't put things away and we forget where they are, we misplace them, we are not to forget the benefits of God. The many blessings that He's blessed each and every one of us with. The psalmist does not mean material blessings though when he's referring to His benefits, my friends. He's talking about the work that He has done that benefits you and me spiritually. Spiritual things that really matter. He lists the great benefits of the Lord. Number one on that list, my friends, has to be His forgiveness. His forgiveness of iniquities, sins. Without that, there is no hope. Without the forgiveness of sins, there is no hope, friends. That has to be number one on all of our lists. There will be no hope of eternal life with Him because no one can enter into His presence with sin in their lives. So we are forgiven of our sins. The Hebrew word translated iniquity identifies something twisted and distorted. Iniquity, sins. My friends, Satan tries to twist and distort the truth. Tell you you aren't good enough. You can't be forgiven. But I'm going to tell you right now that God can forgive you and will forgive you. Karen said we can't, there's no sin so great that we can't be forgiven. God wants to forgive you. We must humble ourselves before Him. Verse 12 said, As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions, our sins from us. Micah 7.19 says, He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. My friends, that right there is enough, is it not? To warrant that we praise Him, that we bless Him with all that is within us. Do we need any more? But there is more. Many more benefits. The last part of verse 3 said, Who heals all your diseases. My friends, the Lord is the great physician and well able to heal any and every disease that comes against us. God knows. The psalmist knows God's ability to heal man. Also, not just of those physical infirmities that come against us, or diseases that come against us, but the spiritual things that plague us. That sick mind. You know... I'm not going to stand here. We all know that God doesn't always give us that physical healing, does He? But I truly believe with all of my heart that each and every single time that someone asks God for forgiveness and Him to enter in, that He can heal that spiritual disease within us. He can remove that sin, that lust, that desire that shouldn't be in us. Every time He can remove it if we truly humble ourselves before Him. 
If we say as the psalmist did in Psalm 51, 10-12, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from Your presence, and do not take Your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of Your salvation, and uphold me with Your generous spirit. I truly believe 100% of the time that God will honor that if we say it with a true heart, a pure heart. Humble ourselves. Verse 4 said, Who redeems your life from destruction. This is referring to eternal destruction. I'm not talking about that destruction that that hurricane might come in and destroy all that you have. I'm talking about eternal destruction. Not this temporary life, but eternal. 2 Thessalonians 1 Six through ten explains this better than I can. Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you, and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God. Not on those that do know him, but on those that do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So who's the vengeance against? Those who do not obey God, do not fear God. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. When He comes in that day to be glorified in the saints and to be admired among all those who believe because of our testimony among you, was believed because our testimony among you was believed admired by all those who believed bless the lord amen oh my soul the next benefit who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies you know as i worked on this message this past week it's like wow how important it is doing thorough word searches it's like you know, sometimes we just read, we don't bother looking at certain words to see what they mean. But I, I've done quite a few on this one. When the psalmist says that he crowns you with loving kindness and, excuse me, tender mercies, we're not to envision in our minds that golden crown like a king wears, you know, placed upon your head. Crown here means to encircle, to attack or to protect, to encompass to encompass you. He'll crown you with loving kindness and mercy. He will encompass you with it. Envision God surrounding you. Envision God protecting you. Protecting you from your enemy. Encircling you with His love. Wrapping His loving arms around you. Right? That's what our Heavenly Father does. Encircles you. Ephesians 2.4 says, but God who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us. My friends, mercy means to be gracious, considerate, to show favor. It is usually described, used to describe the giving of favor when it is not expected or deserved how many here think you deserve God's 
mercy. All right. No hands went up. We don't deserve it. Because that's what mercy is. We don't deserve it. It's Him not giving us what we really deserve. And His grace is Him giving us what we don't deserve, right? We don't really deserve it. But that is the point. That's how amazing His love is. That's how amazing His mercy is. His everlasting mercy. Verse 10 said that He has not dealt with us according to our sin, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Again, why? Because He's forgiving. My friends, that is what mercy is. Not giving us what we truly deserve. So can we bless God? Yes, we should be blessing God. Blessing Him with our adoration for giving us so much. All His benefits. The greatest benefit is giving up His Son. That we, back to the beginning, right? The most important benefit? God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness. My friend, God wants to encircle you, encompass you. He wants to crown you. Come to Him. Let Him wrap His arms around you. Let Him just pour His love over you and through you. Bless Him by telling others about our awesome God. Let's be a blessing to God in the coming days and weeks and months. Let's don't stop. Be a blessing to God. Let's give God our all. Let, let us give Him all that is within us. Let's praise His holy name. Amen.